You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating whether or not pot should be legal and we are starting right now. With Cider Import's opening statement, thanks so much for being with us. Cider Import, the floor is all yours. Thank you so much for having me, uh, James. Um, I would be remiss, I know it is very off topic right off the bat, but I would be remiss if I did not start my opening uh, statement with my utmost call of support to the people of uh, Ukraine at this moment in time. With that being said, that other politics stuff out of the way, um, I have changed some of my uh, positions policy-wise over the years. Um you might have to go back a little while, but you'll find statements from me arguing for trickle-down economics. I was very wrong in the past, and I'd be very wrong again. Um, this, however, is just not one of those things that I've ever changed my mind on. I've always been in favor of weed being um, legal. Uh, I mean, like, like that was just like a gut reaction, but then kind of looking into it, you kind of find that, well, weed has been known to help fight cancer cells. Weed, is, uh, weed helps with uh, pain. It helps with um, anxiety or stress. Uh, it's been shown to help with Parkinson's. It's been shown to help with seizures. Uh, it's been known to help with ADHD, BPD, and some other disorders. Um, it would bring significant opportunities in an employment and an economic sense. Um, and we would get to help people get off harder drugs as well. If you look at the, you know, Portugal model, and I think it's the Swedish model, although I might be wrong on that. Um, they've had huge uh, results when they kind of legalize the kind of softer drugs that it helps them get off harder ones. Um, it doesn't give you things like liver failure or like the various cancers, um, etc. Uh, you know, it's kind of weird to me that people have no issue with something like um, alcohol or um, cigarettes being completely legal when we know that these things can give you can give you various cancers from like you know long throat etc. Uh, and we know that alcohol causes, you know, um, liver failure and like you can possibly die from it. Yet no one ever really talks about the fact that nobody has ever overdosed from weed. Nobody has ever kind of gotten liver failure or cancer or anything else like that from weed. And yet that's the thing that's illegal. It's just kind of strange to me. Um, 
those are more than enough reasons to be in favor of the legalization of um, weed. And that's not just because I'm a stoner, but it's because I'm in favor of the most freedom possible without negatively affecting others. Um, I mean, like, because I am a stoner, I, like for years, I have absolutely hated the argument that weed is a gateway drug to stronger drugs. The only thing weed is a gateway drug to is happiness, the munchies, cartoons, enjoying the company of the elderly, aquariums, and the realization that we live in a simulation. Um, thanks again, James, for having me. That is the end of my opening. You got it. Thank you very much for that opening statement. And we're going to kick it over to Carissa for open, her opening statement as well. I want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. We hope you feel welcome no matter what walk of life you were from. And with that, Carissa, thanks so much. The floor is all yours for your opening as well. Thank you so much, James. I am so excited about this conversation. Um, and I am very happy uh, to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, so I have something that I prepared that I'll read. <clears throat> Marijuana is commonly thought of as a harmless drug, difficult to get addicted to, impossible to die from, and unlikely to produce aggressive behavior in the user. As of 2021, 49% of the American adult population has tried marijuana. There are rarely any news articles regarding it, with an exception of a far-right pundit raging out at states individually legalizing it, which is in stark contrast to the plethora of negative anecdotes and studies surrounding really any other drug close to its popularity. Many stoners are ready to hit you with too good to be true facts about weed anywhere from its many benefits for mental health, its lack of harm to your lungs. I've even heard some people say that it improves your lung function to even saying that it reduces one's risk of catching COVID. On the other side of things, we have the federal government, which categorizes marijuana as a schedule one drug accompanied by the likes of heroin and bath salts greatly limiting the ability for controlled medical studies and any in-depth understanding of the risks of, of marijuana usage. And they quote, in a recent review of research, the Department of Health and Human Services found that scientists do not understand marijuana's chemistry and haven't conducted adequate safety and efficacy studies. End quote. Many medical researchers have been pushing the DEA to reschedule marijuana as a Schedule II drug for this reason, which would allow for the possibility of medicinal purpose, along with the understanding of how the drug interacts with the, the human bodily systems through controlled studies. Meth, cocaine, and fentanyl are all categorized as Schedule II drugs, which, while similarly addictive, are recognized to have potential medical use and are able to be thoroughly researched. So here we have the pillars of our bimodal distribution of polarization. The laymen who are quickly quick to die on the green hill of cannabis and the feds who are willing to lock up anyone who does so regardless of their death. So who is right? Reality, as it often does, falls somewhere in the middle. As I have come to observe with many topics, those you those who you find at the extremes of most topics tend to be the ones that are least educated on said topic. I believe that we should listen to the experts in the field and rescheduling marijuana for research purposes. 
I also believe that we should decriminalize marijuana along with all other currently criminalized drugs without making them legal. This is the approach Portugal took to ameliorate their drug abuse problem and it has worked incredibly well. While I'm open to marijuana being made legal in the future, similar to cigarettes, alcohol, or other addictive substances with potentially worse side effects, I believe that in order for this to be done ethically, we um, must allow people to give informed consent. As I quoted earlier, the Department of Health and Human Services readily admit that they have not conducted enough studies on marijuana to adequately understand its safety risks. We know the risks of alcohol, of nicotine, and of other drugs people frequently use, and those risks are very transparent. That is not the case with weed. I understand that on a day-to-day -day level, we do not see direct harm that we can link back to weed as we do with other drugs mentioned. The limited research we do have, however, suggests that the negative effects of marijuana abuse can be much more pernicious, such as gradual yet substantial cognitive decline or poor mental health. On top of this, many of the stereotypes surrounding weed create a false sense of security surrounding addiction, which is physical and comes with a lengthy period of painful withdrawal. With approximately 10% of those who try weed developing independence, weed is slightly less, of, uh, less addictive than alcohol, which comes in about 15% of those who try it, explaining why weed is the second most abused drug in America. In closing, while I believe marijuana needs to be rescheduled to allow for further research into the potential positive and negative effects, I do not believe that the drug should be legalized until this has been done. People deserve to know potential harms associated with marijuana, and if the experts are saying that they cannot give an adequate explanation of those harms, we should trust them. Legalization should be potentially be in the future, but now is not the time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Carissa, for that opening statement. And I want to let you know, folks, if it's your first time here, we have many more juicy debates coming up in the future. want to let you know, for example, about this one at the bottom right of your screen. Two doctors collide on whether or not there is evidence for God from cosmology. You don't want to miss it, as well as other juicy debates coming up. So hit that subscribe button. And with that, thanks so much, Carissa and Cider in Port. The floor is all yours for open discussion. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, um, I took down a few things there. Um, you're like very, very, very opening points. I mean, like they were just true. Um, mm -hmm. Improving your lung capacity or your breathing ability. Yeah, no, that's just flat wrong. I mean, you are still, you know what I mean? You're still taking in smoke in, in, into your lungs. That's going to damage it in some way. Like, so it doesn't matter if it's like better than cigarettes, I guess, but it's still, it's still damaging it because you're still putting smoke in your lungs. Um, but I guess it's just kind of like I'm so in favor of weed being legalized because from my point of view, there just isn't enough reasons to arrive at the conclusion that it should be illegal. Like mm -hmm. there's not enough reason to justifying it not being legal. That's from my standpoint anyway. <clears throat> so I understand what you're saying. <clears throat> Does it concern you that like 10% of those who use weed or have ever tried it do become addicted is that something that's concerning to you 
I mean, it's 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 as equally as concerning as people who get addicted to alcohol or people who get addicted to gambling or people who get addicted to sex. Like, like, yes, they're like, like addiction is like, like it's sort of like everything in moderation. I kind of guess like, you know, a little bit of drinking is OK. Too much drinking is bad. A little bit of gambling is fun. Too much gambling is a problem. It's kind of like. Is if you have some amount of kind of self-control over it or yeah, that's kind of like, I'm not dismissing the people who do get addicted, but it's just, that's, right. I, I kind of seem as like a separate but related point, you know? Right. Um, so I understand what you're saying and I, I see, um, I see what you're saying. The fact that the concerns surrounding marijuana are more pernicious, such as, cognitive decline and um the also combined with the fact that when those are happening the user tends to not actually even realize that that's the case um do you think that that's something to like consider especially considering all of the misinformation surrounding weed such as the fact like so many people say you can't get physically addicted to weed but that's just like untrue yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a low percentage as a, as I think you kind of agreed with, but um, yeah, it like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just kind of thinking like, okay, so you had said that now wasn't the time that it might be some point in the future, but I mean, like, when is that time then, I guess, because like, yeah. uh, is it, is it at a point where we've kind of genetically kind of like caught out addiction? Like it was what, like, what, when is the time to make it legal? So I completely agree with you that anything that has any property of like doing something to your brain can be addictive. And so you can't just be like, oh, anything that's addictive needs to be, you know, made illegal. I understand that. Um, I would say the point of making it legal would be if we are able to understand like the chemical makeup of weed, which is something that I was surprised that they haven't done yet, um, how it affects your your systems, doing further research into it, I would say um, would be really important to be able to have a reasonable like risk assessment and being like, okay, so let's actually nail down what are the risks here, have controlled studies, um, which has been done pretty much on all of the other common drugs, alcohol, all of these other drugs have had controlled studies that are able to prove causation. Um, That's not as much the case with weed, just because we cannot, um, we really just, we can't do those controlled studies and we can't prove causation with just observational studies. So I, my position is that I'm not against long-term the the legalization of weed provided that we understand the risks to a good extent. um, And we can tell those people risks. Like for example, if you go, I don't know if it's the way in Ireland, but if you go to like the drugstore and pick up cigarettes, you're going to have warning labels all over them. Similarly with like prescribed drugs, um, you're going to have like a whole sheet that they'll give you that says this could do A, B, and C and beware this, this, and this. And if this is happening to you, then you need to call so-and-so. Um, that's what I would be looking for um, with a, with weed. Yeah. I mean, like, look at like trying to make weed like, the uh, you know, safer and by kind of like doing more studies and stuff like that on it, like, and kind of fight, you know, 
figuring out what the pros and cons and stuff like that are, I'm all for that. But mm-hmm. um, it's sort of like, so right now, because um, dealers kind of like have to kind of m- make it so quickly, like they're putting a lot of like chemicals and they're putting a lot of um, additives into it to kind of get like more quicker so they can make more um, more money. Um, and it's, it's, it's sort of like, if you take into account like all of the countries that don't have it legalized, that it is operating that way. And all of the states in the U S who don't have it legalized, who are also operating it that way. Like the amount of people that have smoked this stuff and they don't have like nearly the kind of negative side effects as you would kind of think that they would have, it sort of Mm -hmm. almost kind of makes it an argument of, if we make it safer than like virtually no side effects, I mean, like there's kind of, you know, you kind of get what I'm yeah, getting at. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand. Um, so I would say that there could be side effects we wouldn't realize. So for example, negative mental health, they have found, they have actually done, you are, there are some limited studies that you can do that are controlled with marijuana if you are able to get through like a ton of loopholes. This one study did and they actually did find um, association between or actually a causation um, for negative emotion, emotional, um, it says, um, I'm sorry, marijuana abusers show lower scores on positive emotionality and higher scores on negative emotionality than controls consistent on the other hand with lower reward sensitivity um this is a study that i can link if you would like me to it's from Mm -hmm. um but my concern is like for a very 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 long time we couldn't necessarily pin that down and just because we wouldn't know like okay from observation um are just more people who are mentally ill doing weed or are is weed making people more mentally ill right so like it's hard like I feel like with alcohol you can you brought up like the liver issue and yes that's like very clear it's a very direct issue I don't see that being the case with weed but I don't know if that necessarily means that weed is less harmful just because the effects of it aren't as direct yeah I mean I kind of get what you're saying about um like weed making you more depressed and stuff like that like and it kind of causes this like cycle because obviously after you smoke weed and you get stoned you don't feel depressed you feel happy as whatever so it kind of develops a dependency and therefore somewhat of an addiction so i get that it's kind of cyclical in that way but i mean like it's just like it's it's less than 10 percent of people who smoke weed as you would kind of said at the start uh who get addicted mm-hmm. so like it's not that i'm dismissing it it's just that yeah <clears throat> It is just such a very, very small number. And when you kind of look at the other substances that people can get addicted to who are so obviously like worse for you, it's, it, I'm just, I, I just don't feel uh, like, I kind of just think that like, if it's any, if it's any substance, kind of no matter what the substance is, um, or like what the coping mechanism is, like you can become dependent and therefore addicted in a sense to it, um, mm-hmm. I just don't think that for right now, that's kind of an, like a good enough reason to make it illegal. Mm-hmm. Well, so I would I wouldn't say we should make it illegal. I think we should uh, we should decriminalize it um, since it's already illegal. I think I think we need to take a step into the direction of let's let's consider this for medical use and therefore do research on it. I do think I also want to clarify. I do think there are some. 
um, instances potentially medically um, where we could be used. <clears throat> like obviously if you're dealing with like a cancer patient, I'm less concerned about mental decline than I am about their pain, right? Especially their terminal. Um, mm -hmm. So like, obviously I would say, Hey, I think that's a fair medical use. And that's like right off the bat. I don't understand why we categorize it as a schedule one drug. I think that's insane. Um, yeah. My concern though, and I think, I think your logic there would fully apply where it's like, it doesn't really matter if there are like long-term negative consequences when someone literally has cancer and is in pain, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I am just concerned because like for the broader population, weed is the second most abused drug in America. Like a lot of people abuse it. Um, it is very much of a myth that it, 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 people, rarely anyone abuses it. Um, many people do and they do not realize it. Um, they're in denial which I understand because they're not seeing those negative effects. And typically people will say, oh, you know, you have to have like all these like physical symptoms if you're abusing something. That's like also a misconception, but um, they are addicted and we don't know what effects are happening um, just because no one has researched it to the extent. And there's also a ton of misinformation that's spread. So I would say that it's, it's ethical to, I would say it's more ethical to give someone cigarettes and say, hey, this is like really bad for you, but you have the option of doing it than giving someone weed and saying like, hey, we don't know if this is really bad for you. It could be really bad for you long, you know, down the road, 10, 20 years. Um, we don't 100% know, but I'm going to give this to you and you can choose. Yeah. And, and like, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I don't know who you've kind of talked to that people said that like um, you, you can't abuse weed because I mean, like, they're just stupid because yes, of course you can, you can abuse it the same as you can abuse anything. Um, my only kind of like main concern is, I mean, like, like where is the, like, what, what's the criteria for like abusing something? Um, it's, it's the only reason that I ask is because I mean, the U S will define if you have like more than like two drinks with, of, uh, alcohol with dinner, then you're like classified as an alcoholic. If you have that here, you're the designated driver. So I'm not really kind of sure on where the kind of metric is, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. Um, so I believe it goes into the DSM five cannabis use disorder and that's how it's, um, defined. I'm reading it here. I believe this, yeah, it says according to the DSM five, um, the criteria for cannabis use disorder is as follows use of cannabis for at least a one year period with a presence of at least two or the, um, at least two of the following symptoms accompanied by significant impairment of functioning and distress, um, difficulty containing use of cannabis. The drug is used in larger amounts and over a longer period of time than intended. Repeat failed efforts to discontinue or reduce the amount of cannabis that is used in an inordinate amount of time in occupying, acquiring, using, or recovering from effects of cannabis, craving or 
desires to use cannabis. This can in include intrusive thoughts and images, dreams about can cannabis or olfactory um, per uh, perceptions of the smell of cannabis due to preoccupation, continued use of cannabis despite adverse consequences from its use, such as criminal charges, ultimatums of abandonment from spouse slash partner slash friend, and poor productivity. Other important activities in life, such as school, work, hygiene, responsibility to family and friends, um, are superseded by a desire to use cannabis. Cannabis is used in contexts that are potentially dangerous, such as operating a motor vehicle. Use of cannabis can continues despite awareness of physical or psychological problems. Um, tolerance of cannabis as defined by progressively larger amounts of cannabis are needed to obtain the psychoactive effect experienced when first commenced or noticeably reduced effect of use of the same amount of cannabis. Um, withdrawal defined as the typical withdrawal symptom associated with cannabis um, or cannabis of a similar or a similar substance is used to prevent withdrawal symptoms. So that's like the whole thing. Um, I know that took a little longer than me now. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, well, it, yeah, a little bit longer than I had first anticipated. But I mean, like that, and I feel personally attacked. But okay. <laughs> Cash galloping. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, like it's, uh, yeah, I don't like, not all of them, obviously, Jesus Christ, I'd be like, that'd be a massive problem. Um, but yeah, no, there was definitely so, like, I don't know, I, I just, I, I just still, I understand that there are, are negatives to doing it. But I mean, if the criteria is that the negatives to doing something outweigh the positives of doing something, then I think that we should be kind of uh, joined shoulder to shoulder in trying to get alcohol and cigarettes outlawed rather than um keeping weed illegal or you know like like not making it like fully legal like whatever the kind of metric is like i just think that the fight is is not placed in the right direction i just think that the like consequences of smoking weed of potentially getting addicted etc cetera, etc cetera, it's lesser than all of the other things that have much worse side effects much worse long term effects um yeah, I, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't see this as as much of as as big of a problem when you kind of compare it to exactly some other substances that people can use and abuse. Right. So I, so I would agree with what you said earlier about freedom, and I think that's really important. Um, when I don't, I'm not saying that we should like make it illegal because of the how bad it is. I think we need to give the individual enough enough information for them to, you know, decide on their own and weigh the benefits uh, compared to the detriments for themselves. If they want to have like a chill time, a chill night, and they're like, hey, I know I'm not going to abuse this. I know this is a risk, so I'm going to avoid this at all costs. Um, I think that's fair. I think that should be allowed. But we're not there now. We're not able to give all of those negatives so someone can make an informed decision. Um, that's where I'm concerned. I'm also concerned because I feel like this same DSM-5 um, criteria, that is what is used for these studies. Um, I feel like a lot of these people have, um, a lot of people who's, who smoke weed um, don't know they're addicted. Um, 
they are addicted and they don't know that they're at an increased risk of the negative effects that are even higher um, related to addiction of, of weed, um, such as cognitive decline or mental health issues. Yeah. Um, I just wanted just to kind of point out, just, just in case, I mean, like anybody was even remotely um, confused. I'm not in favor of banning smoking. And I mean, hey, I'm Irish. I'm definitely not in fan of, of banning drinking. Um, <laughs> but like, I just think that like, if you have informed, enthusiastic consent, so that's what we ask for when people are buying stuff like drink and stuff like uh, uh, like um, cigarettes. We put mm -hmm. the, those like little, like the gross picture of a lung on the packet of cigarettes. So you know that this might happen or whatever, right? But if you still, if you are informed of that, if you are informed of all of the side effects and you are still enthusiastically going into a shop or going into a drugstore or liquor store or whatever, and picking up this substance that you know might have adverse effects, I think, and you are still consenting to doing that. I think that like, even if, you know, the worst possible scenario, we did all these tests on weed, like after it was, after the kind of the um, lab restrictions were kind of removed, even if we found out that there was all of these like massively like unheard of side effects and it was, I, I don't know, it gave you tumors or something, right? Um, I still think that if, if that was known and if people are still enthusiastic about consenting to it, even knowing that that's the risk, I mean, I still think that even if it was kind of proven to be like bad beyond belief, I still think mm -hmm. if you haven't informed enthusiastic consent, you can't really stop people. I completely that's agree. And I think it's illegal. At that point, I would say it should be illegal. I think my concern, again, my concern isn't with the um, negative consequences to, of like legalizing the drug, like, across the board. Um, my concern is more legalizing it when we don't know enough information about it and we cannot give that conformed that informed consent. I don't like the government being involved in like what I can and cannot put in my body. I think that's not okay um, some most of the time. Um, but I also see the benefit of saying, hey, like if we are, we want to give you that freedom, we're going to give you that freedom, but we want to be able to inform you um, so that you are able to make the best decision for you. And that's where I am hoping for. I would say if we were able to get it a schedule two drug and test it for a good amount of time and we got, you know, good information on it, I would say that we should 100% legalize it at that point. I just do not think that's, that's where we are. I mean, okay, I, I just kind of want to just kind of pick up on something that like was your kind of overall point, I guess. Um, if you're in favor of it being legal, if we find out that, you know, it it gives you brain tumors, this was my um, example. Mm -hmm. If you're in favor of making it legal then, then why can't we just make it legal right now? Say, mm -hmm. look, we don't know what the long-term side effects are. They're, you know what I mean? Give like that potential warning. Say like, mm -hmm. we're still kind of looking into this stuff. So we're not really sure. So, you know, user discretion is advised or whatever. I mean, like, why can't we just do that? Yeah. Because if people like know that there's a possibility that there might be some long-term effects, you're still kind of giving that informed, enthusiastic consent. If you know there's a possibility of some side effects and yet you still want to do it. That's yeah, where I come so back to. Yeah, no, I can understand that. Um, I think that would be, in my opinion, less than ideal because I do like 
to give specifics rather than just like a vague, there could be issues with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there could be things that we don't know what we would be expecting at, at that point. So like, we already know for pretty, like we know for sure that it causes cognitive decline, heavy use does. We also know for sure that it causes um, mental issues. We're not like fully 100% sure about some stuff with like psychosis. It looks like it causes, it can cause that too. Um, what the risk is there is like a little iffy, but there, we don't know other potential effects. Um, and I think that's key. I feel like people should have like, so like, for example, if you're, um, if you are working in a situation where everything's like super boring, if you're, if you just want to be at like one location working, for the rest of your life and you don't want it like it's not important for you that you are like on top of your your game cognitively then yeah you're probably not going to care but if someone's going to like wants to go to harvard but they still want to have fun with their friends that specific thing that that can cause lowering you know cognitive decline it's going to be significant for them and i think just a blanket statement of this could cause issues isn't specific enough for individuals to make that decision. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I can. I. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from. Um. And look, would I be happier kind of knowing? Okay. Well, if I, you know what I mean, like the next joint that I smoke is going to get me one step closer to whatever it ends up being. Would I mm-hmm. like to know what that specific is? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, yeah. it's sort of in the same as I mean, I've been vaping throughout this debate. Like these are what like five ten maximum years um like you know in order they're like around for like we don't know what the long-term effects of this i mean it's probably worse because it's just water vapor so there's still Mm -hmm. water going into my lungs you know like it's 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 still so like i don't know it's just kind of like i think we have a lot of these things in kind of effect already like we don't know Mm -hmm what the long-term effects of this is and yet nobody is talking about banning it yes we might not know about the what the long-term negative effects of smoking weed is mm-hmm. but yeah a lot of places have banned it it just doesn't mm-hmm. really make much sense to me like mm-hmm. I, I i i just my main yeah. kind of crux of why i'm so in favor of it is because if you have informed enthusiastic consent i don't see what possible reason anybody could have to be like well no you still can't do it it's yeah, like no, I agree with you. if somebody told you that they wanted to jump off of their you know roof and you're like, yeah, dude, like you can do that, but you're going to break your legs. They're like, yeah, no, no, I know I'm going to break my legs, but I still want to do it. Like, yeah, you can try and talk them out of it. But I mean, if they really want to do it, then they're going to do it anyway. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, like, and then when you look at, I mean, there's like, what, how many tens of thousands of um, uh, prisoners in your um, country who are there for nonviolent drug offenses, the vast majority of them having to do with weed. Like they were literally nonviolent and yet they're in there for like 10 years. Like that's it's stupid, insane. you know? I um, and yeah. like, then if you have, you know, somebody who is even underage and like, I'm not in favor of anybody say like under the age of 18 smoking it because like the younger that you smoke it, the more kind of cognitive decline. I think that like there's early studies kind of showing that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not in favor of that. But I mean, even if there was like a 16 year old kid who was like smoking a joint and a police officer, you know, like finds him or whatever. And like, you know, if that police officer wants to book him for that and potentially ruin like his career aspirations, if he wants to travel, if he wants to join the military, if he wants to join the police force, if he wants to do any of these things, they're now 
done what because he wanted to get a little high after he was finished with his homework it's like it's, it's, it's just all of those stuff that I just kind of like it, no mm-hmm. yeah no I agree and that's where I would be in favor of decriminalization because that would fix that situation um it would make it so that you're not going to go to jail it would be a misdemeanor essentially yeah. so it seems like a, a parking <laughs> the traffic ticket or something um mm. it goes off of your it's not like a huge deal it's not um anything like that also anyone who would be in jail from it would be released which i think would be very important i think for any drug um usage mm-hmm. offense that is important um i would st- i still believe so i agree with you i think you brought up um uh, portugal um, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's what they mm-hmm. did is they, they didn't fully legalize. They actually hasn't, they haven't legalized weed. Um, it's only decriminalized along with yeah. all of their other drugs. Um, they decriminalized it. They still are focusing on, on, um, cause I, I know that they've gotten a lot better, but they're still focusing on trying to make their situation better before legalizing mm-hmm. anything. Um, which is like, it's their country. Um, but they found like it really, that it really worked really well and, and made it so that people can, could actually go and get help without being concerned that they were going to get turned in, uh, while still maintaining the, the, um, distribution or the production of the substance as being illegal. Um, which I think, I feel like that's fair. Um, my biggest, also my big, I think you said one other thing earlier that I wanted to touch on. Um, I think one difference between, and I might be a little wrong with, on this cause I haven't like vaped. Um, I'm not in the vape culture. So I might be wrong. I have, I used to smoke a lot. Um, I used to smoke weed a lot, but I never really heard any arguments. There wasn't much information, like misinformation about vapes, I feel like. I think the the most that you get about vapes is that, yeah, you still have nicotine in it. It's still, like, bad for you on that mm-hmm. front, but you don't have, mm-hmm. like, the smoke going into your lungs or maybe some of the other additives. Um, from my understanding, that's usually correct. Um, yeah. But, like, there's not that level of misinformation that there is around weed, in my opinion. With weed, a lot of what I hear is that it's only psychologically addictive. It's not physically addictive, which is just wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Also, people will say that um, that like it it's not that bad for your lungs. Where it is, um, there's just so many things, or that you can't get addicted addicted to it. That's my concern: is that people think that you can't get addicted to it, and they keep on doing it. Um, or it's hard to get addicted to it, to it, and it's not incredibly hard. Um, so that's where I feel like the enthusiastic consent is important, especially when you have a substance where there is so much misinformation surrounding it. Yeah, no, I mean, I know that people can get addicted to it, and uh, I know that there's some people, there's at least one person in the live chat who's going to say that I am, Um, (laughs) but I don't personally view myself as addicted to weed, like, I could stop smoking weed tomorrow, like, I'm probably not going to, but I know that I could if I had to, like, if it came down to, you know, paying my rent or paying for weed, I mean, I'm paying my rent, like, it's a a no-brainer, it's an obvious, yeah, it's it's like not even a discussion, Um, so it's, it's, it's just like, 
I don't know, like, but I mean, kind of in the same sense as like when, you know, you have someone who's like 16, 17, 18, like who's just starting to drink for the first time. Um, that might be slightly older because the state is 21. But anyway, um, if you have someone yeah. who's just starting to drink, like you can still say to them, hey, dude, like you can still, like you can get addicted to drinking, like you can become dependent on it. Mm-hmm. I know I keep kind of coming back to it, but it's it, like as I said, like the main kind of crux of why I'm so in favor of it is because of informed enthusiastic consent. If you say that, you know, that you might get addicted to it and yet you still want to do it. If that Mm -hmm. turns into a problem later, yeah, absolutely. And we can like work on that problem. Now I do think that the rehab, uh, system needs to be vastly improved, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like just to kind of uh, mention, I'm pretty sure it's the same for NA as well, but with, with, um, AA, they don't count you if you read, like if, if you re-admiss, administer, mm-hmm. go in, mm-hmm. if you go into AA again, uh, mm-hmm. they, they count you as someone new. They don't count you as like having failed and gone back. So mm-hmm. I think that those kind of systems need to be improved and stuff. But like by and large, I'm, I'm, I'm just still kind of like, if you want to smoke it, you smoke it, you know, just do it responsibly. And I don't want to see like young people smoking it, but. Right. Yeah. So that's where I guess that's where I feel like the decriminalization would help where you, I mean, obviously if you want it, then you get it. Like, again, if you're going to jump off a building, then you're going to jump off a building. Like you Mm -hmm. can take steps to, to resolve that. But I feel like the decriminalization is kind of like, Hey, if this is something that you really want, I, we're not going to try to penalize you for it. I kind of view it. The fact that it's illegal is more of a preventative measure. Like, I'm not sure if you heard of like econometrics. It's like, um, the statistical, um, putting statistics within econ and figuring out how people make decisions, um, based on their environment and the probability of them making a certain decision. I feel like with something still being illegal, with something still being kind of like, yeah, you probably don't want to do this. I think that within itself discourages it, which is important. Um, and I think if as long as you don't have like a permanent record, I don't see it as being a huge deal to discourage it. Um, I think it's important to ex- dis- discourage it um, as long as you are doing what you can or the you know give the giving the um, researchers the ability to actually figure out exactly the negatives. Um, I also wanted to kind of I I know you brought up the. If they're going to do it, they're going to do it. I think, I wonder if this is different in Ireland, but like a situation that we just ran into because Hunter, my husband, used to be really addicted to weed. Um, And he's like coming out of it currently. But what I found very interesting um, was his doctor, his primary care physician, he actually encouraged him to continue using it. When Hunter, when Hunter came and he's like, I feel like I'm using this too much. I'm a little worried about it. Um, but I'm using it for my anxiety. I'm using it for mental health issues. The doctor yeah. was like, no, any, any medication, you're going to have some effects and stuff. So just keep on going. It's fine. Um, and to me, that's like when you have like doctors that are giving misinformation, I feel like that's, that's like a whole new level of misinformation. Um, when in reality, there's no proof at all that it improves mental health. It can maybe like a couple hours after you take it, but 
like overall you long term it goes down your mental health goes down um and on top of that like he was saying that he was exhibiting signs of abuse and the doctor was like kind of chill with it um I don't know it's just it's I feel like it's a different level where you're having so much misinformation um it's just insane (laughs) I don't know yeah, I, I mean, I would just kind of, okay, so I know that even though we don't know too much about weed, like we do know enough to kind of say some things for certain about it, um, mm-hmm. but I would just kind of wonder where like your criteria, I guess, I I, I don't think that's the right word, but it's the only one that's coming to mind at the minute, um, of where you kind of say that we don't we that haven't done the studies like long term into like the effects of weed but we know mm-hmm. that such and such is misinformation i'm kind mm-hmm. of i get i get where you're coming yeah. from with certain things like like if like some doctor for whatever reason was to say that yeah like it helps your i don't know it helps your breathing ability or whatever yeah he's just flat out wrong like mm-hmm. we know that some things are but it's just right. kind of where is the yeah. line i guess so I would say is that like you would have to look at the studies, right? And the only studies that can really tell you causal situations are controlled. Um, the rest are observational and the rest are correlational. And I think that's like very vital. Um, there are not a ton of causational um, causational studies surrounding weed. There are some where the people who have done the studies were able to get around kind of like the federal restrictions by um I don't know there's loopholes (laughs) um but many people I don't I don't think they're exploited very frequently um from what it seems but there is a study that I am um looking at here from PNAS um and it says Um, It's titled Decreased Dopamine Brain Activity in Marijuana Abusers is Associated with Negative um, Emotionality and Addiction Severity. And what this did is it had a control group and um, they were able to isolate factors um, and they found that the people who used weed more heavily um, had a much worse um, like mental health, I guess, situation. Um, and on top of that, they found that weed actually made it so that stimulants or other medication for stuff like ADHD, because of weed abuse, those stimulants wouldn't work nearly as well. And they don't even know how long that's the case. So they, like, they found that's like a side thing that they found within the study. Um, so I would say that like there are some things that we have been able to establish um, and that are, are just commonly accepted. Um, there's this one article from NCBI, um, which is like pretty standard. Um, and it kind of like goes through like cannabis and psychosis and it's like, okay, well, this is established. This isn't established. Um But so we have established a few things. We have been able to establish a few things. My issue is that like we haven't done enough research to figure out situations like, oh, will this affect something like um, ADHD medication if this person has ADHD stimulant 
you know, whatever, or like, what is the severity of psychosis or like a lot of like even more detailed situations, it's hard to really flesh out given the um, scheduling of the drug. Um, and that's just, that's like what they've, they've said. Um, that's what the experts have even said. They just can't give adequate safety and efficacy studies. Um, they can't get the results for them, enough of them. I feel like I'm not making sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, you're <laughs> fine. You're fine. You're fine. I'm, I don't know. I would, I would just kind of say like, how can you kind of, so mm -hmm. if I was to say that, um, you know, weed gives you tumors, right? I said it earlier. It's just, yeah. in, it's just, yeah, it's just in my head. Right? <laughs> um, if I was to say that, right. And we like mm -hmm. did studies and stuff like that. Technically speaking, that would be misinfo, right. But what I'm saying is that like, how do we know if I say that we causes brain tumors is misinfo unless we do the studies on it. And because we haven't, I'm just kind of wondering like how you can be like so sure, I guess that like the, mm -hmm. the these really negative side effects like are there it's just because we don't know i'm not saying that you're wrong i'm just mm -hmm. saying that like it's almost like you can't know that you're right mm -hmm. you know what i mean so right so i would say that like for example with the doctor specifically saying that it can improve anxiety um it's just there's number one there's no proof of that and that's a very largely accepted within the medical community um, there's no proof that, um, or like at least it's kind of up in the air, um, for like depression and stuff, it like has been proven to make it worse. Um, so that is already established. That part is established that it's proven to make it worse. Hunter also like had depression. So it's like the fact he had depression and he was still saying to use weed, um, and continue it when he was addicted was concerning, um, so it's just like, I don't know, it's just a little odd. So I would say that like there are individual studies that can prove things. Um, and there are, there's consensus on many of these issues, like the psych psychosis situation, there's like consensus on. Um, but I just would say that like not everything, we don't know for sure, for definitely. And we they want to do more research because they know they, they cannot give adequate warnings or understand the safety risks fully. Yeah, I would just kind of say, um, this is to kind of circle back to something that I said in, I think by opening, I don't think mm -hmm. I've mentioned it since then. Um, but I mean, I would just kind of say that like, okay, so if we were to find out that like right now, uh, like if we were to like to, you know, study the, the groups of people who are smoking weed regularly, like now as it currently exists in a state where mm -hmm. it's not yet legal, I don't know how accurate that that data could be because people are putting like chemicals and additives into it. I think that if you regulate it, if you make it, you know, like pass like a certain amount of standards, like I don't know, like like a food safety check, like that level of like um, strictness. Um, mm -hmm. If that was to go into it to make sure that the weed is like pure and that there's no and that, that there's nothing added to it, that it is 100 percent safe. Yeah. Um, I think that you would need to kind of do that first before kind of um, doing yeah. the studies to kind of test about what the long term effects are. Because if you were to if you were to do the tests now and then make it clean later, I don't know how reliable the data would be at that point because it it would be no. including those chemicals and those additives. 
No, I think that's fair. I would say that from what I remember, it was medical marijuana. So that has standards. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, um, that's my understanding. Um, I can, I can try to find it here. I'm looking at the study here, but, um, yeah, I believe it was medical marijuana. I would be very surprised if an academic study decided to use street weed. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that would be a little sus. Um, just because I feel like a lot of these studies are trying to be very like pinpointing what is, what are we trying to study Mm. and like controlling for that exactly um i don't know a good time to go into the q a unless any of you have closing thoughts from what you've discussed so far um no i mean like my like one and only kind of closing is just that like yeah i just if informed enthusiastic consent is there you do you that's it. That's mm-hmm. yep. I I would say I I would say I completely agree with that. I would say that people need to be better informed. Um, when the experts, when the researchers are saying that they don't have enough information to give people for them to be informed, I think that's something that we need to consider. Um, and I also, I feel like it is ridiculous that people are like behind bars for any type of, of drug mm-hmm. use. It's absolutely terrible. And I think that needs to stop. Um, and it needs to be decriminalized for that specific reason. But that's pretty much all I have. <laughs> you got it? We'll jump. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> we'll jump into the Q&A. And I want to say thanks for your questions, folks. We're going to try to move through these fast so we can get through as many as possible, as well as both of our guests are linked in the description in case you want to hear more. And let me unscramble those pictures just a second. Uh, let's see. So in case the pictures so on the screen so are sorry. swapped, that's just because uh, sometimes if a guest turns off their camera, that does that. But I do want to so say, sorry. no worries, not a big deal. Mr. Monster, thanks for your question. says, I have ulcerative colitis, and my doctor recommended marijuana to help reduce inflammation in my colon. Why should marijuana be illegal if it helps? I don't think so. I'm not saying that it never helps. And I think that it could potentially help. And I'd like to know exactly how it helps. And I'd like people to be able to figure out with their doctors if those risks are something that they would like to or is worth taking for the benefits that it provides. You got it. And this question coming in from, do appreciate it. And then Cider, I want to ask you, I know this is picky, but just because we have some, a small percent out there, 1% are like (laughs) audio nerds and pretentious bastards about the audio. (laughs) If you could do me a favor, is that 1% will come down on me in the comments. If you're able to mute when you're uh, (laughs) taking a puff, it helps Mm -hmm. a little bit. This one coming in from Raymond CGTC says, we need to legalize it and let adults decide, Carissa. I think ultimately, I think you're right. And I don't think people can decide unless they're well-informed. You got it. Mango T says, Cider, I had marijuana and have not been the same since. It is an evil drug and destroyed my life. I had a psychosis and viewed others as artificial intelligence beings. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean... That to me sounds like it did something other than just weed, but um, I mean, yeah, look at like I can't like necessarily discount your personal experience if that's what happened to you. You know, I'm very sorry. 
Um, that's obviously not what's ever happened to me or to anyone else that I know. I know that that's not necessarily the best of arguments, but I mean, I don't know if there's any studies on it, so I don't really know what else to reference. Um, yeah, no, sorry that, that happened, but uh, yeah, I don't think that that's, I think that that's the exception to the rule. You got it. If I can just jump in really, really quick. I'm sorry. I know this is a little no off problem. topic. I just wanted to get this thing because I thought it was hilarious. Um, when you were saying that weed made you feel like everything was a simulation, I had the exact same thing happen to me, and I still believe we're in a simulation. <laughs> I, mean, I, is I kind of, I kind of, unironically think we do as well. Juicy. So coming in from. Do appreciate your question. Guolame Paradis says, why should pot be illegal when cigarettes are legal and contain much more toxic components and can also lead to addiction, Carissa? Because we know the effects of cigarettes and there are warnings around cigarettes and there's no misinformation about cigarettes. So once we get to that point with weed, I think it should be legal. If we know everything about weed, that is important to know. And we are able to warn people regarding that. Um, I think it should also be legal. You got it. And Mango T, thanks for your super chat question, says, I had marijuana and it's resulted in noticeable cognitive decline. I experienced a period of retardation and continue to do so. I think they're being sincere and that it's not a troll just for the record. No, they're a troll for sure. Uh, let's see. Stupid whore energy says which weed dispensaries were forced to stay open during the pandemic in parentheses, unlike liquor stores, Avalone. Were they, most of them did stay open, I believe. They were Not asking which, which ones were forced to stay open. I have no idea. Uh, Ozzy and Tox, thanks for your question, says sex is legal even with possible negative outcomes. Would you advocate for decriminalizing sex instead of making it legal? Why should pot be illegal just due to potential misuse and bad outcomes? I believe that everyone knows or if they had sex education, um, so maybe not all homeschoolers because I was a homeschooler. <laughs> everyone knows um, or should know the um, potential issues with sex and um they shouldn't have sex without knowing that. You got it. And thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from Ryan says recent studies show 22% of adult Americans regularly use marijuana. How can you say we don't know the effects long and short term Avalone? <clears throat> so the issue there is because we have to isolate um, certain variables. So, like, for example, for a very long time, we couldn't tell whether or not weed affected mental health because we didn't know if people who smoked weed were more likely to have mental health issues prior to smoking weed, and that's why they were smoking weed, or if um, weed actually caused those mental health issues. Um, even if they were substantial, it would be very difficult to figure that out um, just because a lot of people are doing it and just because we can even collect data on those people does not allow us to control for one specific factor and prove a causal relationship. You got it, Anne. Thank you very much for this question. Ghost says, can I get an oh yeah, oh yeah, and Ghost says, high-pitched by the way, 
I don't know. Are you saying for me or from the guests? I just want to know before I give you my uh, my high-pitched, oh, yeah. Ghost says, also, have cider give a quick dab. Oh, shit. How much was the Super Chat for? What was it? That one was a $50 Super Chat. Oh, I'm not joking. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm in a half an hour, like. Help Take inform me. Oh, Take a I toke. see. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, I have to now. Mac, the human says, legalize spinning around until you're dizzy. <laughs> I think they mean make it illegal, and I think it's a parody argument, Carissa. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing. Did I get that right, Mac? Let me know. <laughs> Carissa laughs at your question. Okay, next one <laughs> coming up. Sure. This one coming oh. up from... If there's someone, actually, Screwy Skatagera has the next one, says for Carissa. What does she mean? There are many people that don't know why. Th- uh, forgive me. What does she mean that there are many people that don't know they're addicted? Does she mean we can't tell we're ruining our lives, even if we've lived well for years? Um, I think some people can, 100%. I think it's very, very possible to tell that you're addicted. Um, and I think there's a stark distinction between that and saying um, and saying that some people know that they're addicted, but a lot don't. Of course, it's possible to know you're addicted, and that's wonderful you do. Um, but if you, but many people do not know that they're addicted just because they don't have um, some of the more blatant effects from addiction that you would see with other types of drugs. You got it. And Oliver Catwell, thanks for your channel membership support. We really do appreciate it. Just sent in a question. Says, if legalization over decriminalization allows enforcing an age limit, as well as tax revenue dedicated to rehab slash education, is that worth it? I think for the future, for sure. I love the fact that they kind of, I believe they do something to that extent with cigarettes. They have like taxes on them. Um, And I think that should 100% be done with weed. Um, Age limits? I don't know. I don't know about age limits in general if someone's an adult. But, I mean, it's something to consider, I guess. (laughs) You got it. This one coming in from Ghost, a follow-up, says he hasn't dabbed. Are they meaning like that? Like the the, that thing? You guys have to teach me. I don't know what these things mean. I don't know. I don't know of any other. Da- what other dab? Like with a Q-tip? What is this? <laughs> I am. A Q-tip. I I have no idea. Is this no slang? Like those innuendos? I'm getting help as well. Use? I don't know. People in the chat they talk about <laughs> Cleveland steamers and taking grandma to Applebee's and all these innuendos. I don't know, but. That is it. As far as as questions, I think I've gotten all of them. Let me know, folks, if I did miss any. I do want to just give a couple of quick notes before anybody puts in any last questions. One, our guests are linked in the description. That includes at the podcast. I didn't mention that before. We do have a podcast. We upload every single debate within about 24 hours to the podcast. So you can listen to it right away. You can save on your data. Just download it to your phone. Convenient. And I, we also, we put our guest links there. Carissa and Cider Import will be linked in the description there. Next, if there's someone that you think, folks, might be persuaded by this debate, 
such that they may have a more open mind. They may kind of see the light more. They may kind of get a more well-rounded opinion on this topic that you've talked to before. Consider sharing this debate with them. Click that share button and it can give you a link that you can share with them on Facebook, Twitter, text messaging. And you can say, hey, this is a good debate on this topic. I know we've talked about it before. I thought you might get a kick out of hearing both sides on this. Highly recommend it. And then let me check the chat for any final questions that have come in. Let's see. Um, I've just been reading the live chat there. The dab is like when you get um, like a lot of weed and you basically like get like what is essentially like a concrete press and you just compact it so much that like the like this wax falls mm-hmm. out and it's like 75% THC or something that like something ridiculous like that. If you like smoke a tiny bit of that, you are ridiculously high. Um, we have we don't have weed legal here anywhere. Um, so like kind of getting like that much weed in like is just not like it just doesn't happen. There's just not enough of it coming in for people to be able to like make wax out of it. So no, it's not really a thing here. I haven't tried it. I'd like to. But, I tried yeah. it one time. <laughs> How the the tables turn, but yeah, I tried it once. But how the tables turn, indeed. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk out over you. What were you saying? No, it was. I tried it one time and I thought I was, I got offended by the fact that my uh, neighbor's house was faced the other direction because I thought they didn't like me. <laughs> That's quite base and red pill, Carissa. And this one coming in last minute from Matteo Trujillo says a single drug conviction bars you from applying for financial aid for one year. Second defense is two years. And the third, you're permanently barred from applying for federal financial aid. I think they're saying, this is my guess, Carissa, like, come on, like, this is kind of brutal on people. Are you sure? I completely agree. That would be fixed with decriminalization. Decriminalize it. Don't make it legal, but decriminalize it. Ah, I see. And all over Catwell Society are important. Carissa, thank you for all. Thank you all for the great debate. And, hey, all credit to our speakers they are the lifeblood of the channel. This one coming in from Smoke Lots of Weed 420. Wonder who side they're on. Says, How can one actually justify putting others in jail for smoking marijuana? It's Jeff Sessions. Next up, that's, I think, it for our questions. Oh, Brooke Sparrow says the link for Carissa is not working. Thanks for letting me know about that, Brooke. I'll fix that right now. And yes, our guests are linked in the description. I'm fixing Carissa's right now. And that way you guys got the real deal. And that'll be in the podcast as well. But yes, we are thankful for our guests. Want to say a huge thank you to Carissa and to Cider and Port. It has been a true pleasure to have you with us tonight. Thank you both very much. Thank you very much for having me, James. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. And I got to tell you folks, it's late. For our dearest friends, well, last question just came in. Matteo Trujillo says, no, that is for misdemeanor level offenses, Carissa. They were the one that had asked about in terms of, you know, financial aid being taken away for one year if you have a drug conviction. They said, no, that is for misdemeanor level offenses. So decriminalization Mm -hmm. wouldn't work. Hopefully then that could be changed I don't know. It just seems, generally speaking, I feel like even in our current system, it's bad. So that should be changed too. <laughs> I don't know. Juicy. And so what we're going to do is I will be right back, you guys. And I want to say thank you to our guests once again, though. We really do appreciate them. One is because they jumped in last minute, which we appreciate so much because we want to put, for sure, at least one debate on this week. Because as you know, folks, sad 
we had somebody that didn't make it. He slept in during the debate yesterday, but we're rescheduling that. So we are we're extra thankful, not only for a quality debate, but also on a week in which it was uh, one where I'm like just especially thankful. Carissa and Cider Import, and also I've got to tell you folks, Cider Import is in Ireland. He is. What time is it there right now, Cider Import? You're staying up with us till. Um, it's a little after three a.m. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being willing to stay up that late debating. We want to let our guests go, but thank you guys for real. I I really do appreciate it. We all do. Thanks so much, James. Thank you. My pleasure. I'll be right back, folks. So stick around for this post-credit scene. I'm going to do all sorts of weird stuff, like juggle, take my clothes off. I'll be right back. My dear friends, I want to say thank you so much for your support. It is a true pleasure to be with you. Get to say hi to you there in the old live chat to get to hang out with you. As I said, you know, I, I was just kidding about the juggling part earlier, but I am pumped to be with you guys. I've got to tell you, Free Naturalist, good to see you. Davin, good. Happy to have you with us. Soren Alexander, happy to have you with us. And Omega Genesis, glad you're here. Chuck Pike and Beautifully Berserk. I see you there in the old live chat as well. Brooke Sparrow, thanks for your support, says please hit that like button. And it's true, it helps us in terms of our discoverability. YouTube does give us increased impressions. Impressions just means they recommend our debates to more people. And that is, frankly, how we've grown. Modern day, uh, modern day debate has grown so much because of YouTube, who we are thankful for. We do follow the terms of service, not because we're just a bunch of Johnny Pencil pushers, but because we're practical. YouTube has helped us grow immensely by recommending our videos. The impressions on our videos are great. For example, one video, I've told you this a thousand times, one video has been recommended four million times. No joke. And the click-through rate is only like 5% or so. And so not everybody's going to click on it, obviously. Like a a tiny, a very small percent actually clicks on it. And then even, even then a small percent subscribes. But nonetheless, YouTube does recommend our videos. And we are thankful. And that's why we follow Terms of Service. And it's also why it does help if you click that like button. We appreciate that. We already just hit 103 likes. Thank you for that support, you guys. We really do appreciate it. And I've got to tell you, cool stuff coming up. 
I am excited. We have got a lot of juicy debates coming up. Next month should be a blast. It should be a just a monster type of month in terms of all of the crazy stuff going down debate-wise. We are working on, you could almost call it a new series. And I think you guys are going to like this. It's going to be controversial. It's going to trigger a lot of people. It really will. We're excited about that. And so I, but we try to offend everybody equally, my dear friends. So keep that in mind. You know, we try to spread it out. But I want to say, you know, we're, we're big on uh, offensive uh, redistribution of offense, offensiveness. But I want to say, Ghost, thank you for your generous super chat. Seriously, we really do appreciate that. That means a lot. And as you know, we did our first in-person conference last month. It was a huge success. It was fun to meet the speakers. We had some top-level speakers there. And some of those debates have gotten mad views. People really enjoyed them. It was a blast. It was a fun time. And I've got to tell you, being there in person, it was a blast. So we are looking to do more in-person debates this summer. That fast, really. We really are hoping to go almost on tour. We, we do plan on doing a number of them this summer. A lot of them in Texas. We do love Texas. But... Other places as well. We've done them in Los Angeles. We've done them in. I mean, is it just uh, Los Angeles and Texas? I think that might be true. We've uh, no, we've done one in Wisconsin, my home state. We did one in Appleton, Wisconsin, and that was a blast. Travis Worth, we have a huge. Uh, his church hosted it for free, which is super generous because venues are usually the most expensive part, and so we're grateful. And that was a blast. But Andrew Tuttle says, is the moon real? Presented by Modern Day Debate. Hey, that could be. You never know. I think we did. Didn't we do one on is the sun real? I'm not joking. I think we No, we did it. It was on whether or not there's a third sun. I, wait, what, what? Is there a second one? I don't But anyway, that was fun. And I got to say, Don Willis, thanks for being with us. Says weird stuff like wearing fingerless gloves in your bedroom in Ireland while getting high and debating. Oh, that's funny. I didn't notice he has fingerless gloves. I love you, Cider. I like that. I liked your style. You know, I've got to tell you, I am <laughs> just, you're right. He was wearing fingerless gloves. But I got to say, I am so thankful for real. I'm so thankful because our guests, Cider and Port and Carissa, have been longtime friends of the channel. They've been with us for years, no joke, literally years. We've been around for about three years. They've both been, I think, helping us for about two years, probably. And they've also been super available to where, like, last night, was it last night or the day before, I had to confirm it. And I was like, uh, I, I basically, we had to confirm it where, um, hold on, let me re, re, uh, reorganize my brain. We confirmed it really late because I was waiting on another debate that didn't fall, that didn't work out. Uh, Brooke Sparrow says, I'm not getting the Patreon notifications. Didn't you post about the upcoming meeting on the Patreon page? I did, although, like, email me. Uh, let me, uh, like, uh, let me just put this. Let's see. The reason is it might be, depending on the Patreon level you signed up at, I, I don't know, is that it's it works such that there's, like, there's three tiers. There's the nosebleeds, which gets a person into all of our, like, pay-per-view events. And that's like $2 a month, I think. That's our Patreon, which is linked in the description, folks. We, I always forget to tell people that we have a Patreon, but we do have a Patreon. Uh, there's that. Then there's also, oh, brain. Let me work on this. <laughs> Gosh, I look like Joe Biden up here. It's going to come. Let me get this. In addition to the nosebleeds, there is the general seating. So it's kind of like it gets, it's like the stadium theme or like it's like a sporting event. 
is that is for your name and the ticker, which I do have to update the ticker, Brooke, because I, I do appreciate you becoming a Patreon patron again, Brooke. And then the, the first, I think it's like first row seats is the one where it's like instead of $5 a month, it jumps to $10 a month, and that's for the Patreon meetings. If you're in the front row seating category or tier, you definitely should have seen it, and there's some sort of like something is wrong or I've got to fix it. Uh, in the other tiers, it's basically the, the two different perks that I had mentioned. And I'm trying to think. And then obviously with each perk, you get all of the perks from the lower levels. So like anyway – want to say thank you guys for your support no offense no offense if you're if you're uh, i'm not trying to take a political stance on that regarding biden uh like it's it's uh so anyway believe me and i've got to tell you come on man you know the thing jack mcknight says big shout out from denver colorado thanks jack for your support i do appreciate that we all do thank you very much and i'm up here as you know you've probably you've heard i'm up here in good old fort collins it's pretty it's warming up which is nice holy smokes jack i'm sure in denver it was just as bad the last few days like monday through thursday monday through friday were pretty cold but especially like tuesday through thursday oh man I felt like I was in Wisconsin again. It was like single digits uh, here in Colorado, folks. And I'm happy today, though. It was like, I think 35 was the high. And tomorrow is supposed to be 50. Amazing. So I'm excited about that. Matt P says, I'm triggered. I, I feel you, man. I, too, am triggered by the cold. And Symbol Slasher 2X is smoking on some purple punch. I don't know what that means. Is that like one of those innuendos you guys taught me? Like, uh... Hot Carl and, and Cleveland Steamers and taking Grandma to Applebee's and the Tokyo Sandblaster. All your guys' nasty innuendos of all the weird stuff you do. But I, I got to tell you, Drab in 1985 or 1895, we're glad you were here, as well as Andrew Tuttle and Saijonav, longtime supporter of the channel. And I got to tell you, Saijonav has poured his heart and soul, no joke, into making this channel better. So I really do appreciate that. I am like super thankful. And another person who has is Let's Farm. Let's Farm runs the Discord. It is linked in the description. I highly encourage you to check out the Modern Day Debate Discord. It's an additional community to be a part of. And Let's Farm has done a fantastic job, as well as some of the other mods or the other mods of which have helped assist Let's Farm. And Twitch is, you could say, mainly led, primarily, really solely led by Brooke who has done a fantastic job just keeping people in line over there. As we said, you know, Twitch and YouTube are the biggest streaming platforms, right? And like they are, in case you didn't know. We want to follow Terms of Service not because we're a bunch of Johnny Pencil pushers, but because, like we said, they help us grow. They're the biggest platforms. And before we go, if we ever do someday go to a, an independent platform and say, to, to heck with you, YouTube, we have to have a big following first before we would do that. And frankly, I don't really see any good reason for us to do that. I mean, 66,000 subscribers is something that we're excited about, we're thankful about. Thank you guys for supporting Modern Day Debate. And we really are, like tonight's debate, we are wanting to get more into the news and political topics. The reason being, a lot of people feel like, hey, the mainstream media, I just feel like it's so overly produced and it's always driven by a narrative, which it, whether it's Fox or CNN or MSNBC, every news station, company, whatever you want to call it, is 
a for-profit who is trying to push their ideas, their views, their ideology. And I think that's true. It doesn't mean I would say never watch it. I think you can get value from watching a little bit of everything. However, I think people want something more than those where they're saying, hey, I want something nonetheless that is authentic and that doesn't have some sort of narrative drive that they're trying to push on people. I want something authentic like the Joe Rogan experience. That's what we are working on doing is being a truly neutral platform that's authentic. It's not overly produced. We let the chips fall where they may. We let a thousand flowers bloom. We let people say what they want, and it's completely unedited. As tonight, if it's live, you know it's unedited. And that's why we say, hey, if it's if it's within terms of service, and frankly, sometimes people even break terms of service a little bit, and we're like, hey, we're going to let it be authentic. We're going to let it be organic. Because even if it gets fiery sometimes, even if it, even if it gets a little bit passionate, it's at least authentic because there are some debate channels out there that are like, we pride ourselves on being boring. I mean, on making sure it's always civil. We don't want that. We don't want boring and we don't want always civil. If it's civil because the speakers are themselves civil, tremendous. It's authentic. But in some cases, they might be passionate and it might be a little bit more blood sporty. And we're not going to over control it and overproduce it and be like, no, you guys have to act this way because we want it to be authentic. So I want to say thank you guys for your support. And I've got to tell you, we are excited, though, to cross swords with CNN, to cross swords with MSNBC, to cross swords with Fox News, and to be a genuine platform. And you're thinking, James, come on, you only got 66,000 subscribers. That's small potatoes compared to CNN and the rest of them. It took Joe Rogan 13 years. I used to say 12. It's actually, it was 13 years it took Joe Rogan to get where he is. We are only in, I mean, technically, if you say that we actually started in 2019, like when we changed the name of the channel to Modern Day Debate and we strictly started hosting only debates, technically, that was about 2019, the very start of 2019. And so we are only on our third 2019, 2020, 2021. We're on our fourth year of the channel that we had just started. We've only got three years under our belt. We've already gotten to 66,000 subscribers. Believe me, the more people here about Modern Day Debate, we are going to continue growing because people are dying for something real. They want something where people can say what they want. So I've got to tell you, we are excited to take on the mainstream media or you could say the scripted media, because we want something authentic, and that's what other people want as well, as we strive to fulfill the vision of providing a neutral platform so that everybody, everybody has their case to make their case on a level playing field as we get different people from different walks of life talking about the big questions of life. So, my dear friends, if you like that vision join us and believe me we will find a way and i will lead the way if you have any doubt about it we're going to find a way to continue growing we are determined to hit 100,000 subscribers before the end of the year as we are excited my dear friends to continue having a positive impact and we're not ashamed of wanting to grow we really aren't we want to grow. Why? Because unlike the mainstream media, we're doing something authentic. We're doing something that offers value where it's actually fair. And that's what people want right now. They're dying for it because so much of it is so partisan. And I've even seen it, I've even seen it on YouTube debate channels. Not all of them, but some of them 
One, the reason I started Modern Day Debate, no joke, was because I used to go on debate channels and the moderator would jump into the debate and take sides. And it was always the same side. It was only if one side was, you know, like where they would like find disagreements with it. That's one example where it's like, get real. Those channels suck. The second thing is maybe they don't do that. Maybe they do a great job where the moderator is totally fair. Good for them. I give them kudos. But maybe... Afterward, for example, they say, oh, hey, we're going to put out our own videos and it's going to trash one side of the debate or this particular debater or their position, whatever it is. How neutral of a channel. Wow. As you can tell, I'm being sarcastic. The reason is it's like, gosh, that's not I mean, really, that's supposed to be neutral and fair. I mean, then they just on they always take let's for example, let's say modern day debate was cringe. And this alternate universe, modern day debate after a debate, would put out videos that were like, oh, yeah, Carissa and uh, Cider and Port had their debate. Oh, well, we want to show how all of Cider and Port's, you know, all of his arguments are just unsound and dumb. It's like, wow, that would be neutral or, you know, vice versa. It could be we say that we want to do that to Carissa, whatever it is. Obviously, people are like, what? How is this? This just sounds like CNN. We are going to let the chips fall where they may because we are only putting out debates. That's all we ever put out with the occasional, like maybe we'll do an occasional thank you video where we're like, hey, you know, this just happened. Thank you for your support. And so we want to say, in my opinion, I've got to check. Actually, well, we could check this out together. Let me look into this. I've seen, I mean, and they'll admit it. I, I've got to be fair. Uh, do I have to name channels? There are channels out there where... <clears throat> They will uh, put out videos afterwards that will, you know, or even in the after show of the same video, the debaters will leave and then the guests will be like, oh, oh, man, so-and-so, their, their argument was just an argument from fear where it's like that, that's not what it was. It's like that's not being charitable at all. It's not fair. It's not realistic. Like you're being dumb. Is I've got to tell you, those channels are out there. There are some atheist channels that do it. There are some Christian channels that will put out their own Christian arguments. And I'm not saying that that's like immoral on either case, whether it be the atheists or the Christians. Different people want different things. But if you want truly authentic in terms of like truly, uh, you could say truly nonpartisan in the sense that we don't put out those after videos, we don't have the moderator jump into the debate. Like it is truly where we are trying our very hardest to only let positions be put forward in the actual debate where a person has a chance to refute them. That's modern day debate. Now, let me find this. I'm going to look for Intelligence Squared. So this is, I kind of see it as another debate channel that I've got to give them credit. They do a great job. They've got a great, uh, I think it's Donovan is the name of the main moderator, Intelligence Squared Debates. They do a great job. And Donovan is, if I remember the name right, does a fantastic job. My hat's off to him. So I, I've got to give credit where it's due. But let's, I mean, let's look. I mean, let's be uh, some voyeuristic perverts and look at another channel. And let's even do this together. We've never done this before because OBS has this capability, but we've never even used it. So I'm going to show you. You guys might be wondering, you're like, James, what else is out there? Well, I'm going to show you. So right now I'm loading up on OBS. I'm going to do a quick screen capture. And what I'm going to screen capture is, uh, let's see here, two seconds. Window capture. I'm going to just take one of Chrome. And I'm going to show you guys what I'm seeing. Oh, that's uh, already in use. Chrome 1. I'm going to show you guys what I see on Chrome, which is right now we're going to jump into this. 
and let me, uh, let me get that right. We'll look at Intelligence Square together because, hey, let's, uh, let's keep them honest. Like, let's be real. If they're honest, good for them, then, you know, more credit to them. But I've got to, and hopefully they are, because maybe they, I'm, maybe it's going to be like, wow, they actually really do only have debates. They don't have any sort of videos where they take a position. And like I said, I don't think it's immoral to take a position. Like, it's not like it's inherently wrong or anything. It's more that, for me, I'm like, well, are they saying that they're neutral, though, and trying to be like, oh, we're so neutral? Because for me, I'm like, oh, let's see, it's going to be a little bit hard to see. Let me pull this. Oh, that's right. I can put my little, my happy little face uh, below this. So let me pull this down. Ay, ay, ay. Two seconds. Very embarrassing. It's my first time. Uh, you get that, and then we can click out of the overlay, and then we can click out of housekeeping. And there we go. And <clears throat> you're probably thinking, James, I, it's hard for me to see, but I'm going to pull it up. Okay, so we have Intelligence Square Debates. Now you can see it on the screen, and we're going to look at this together, and I'm going to like it. So let me show you this. So you're kind of like, James, like, do they do they have other chance? Like, so you can see, like, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, here's their last recent debate. Agree to disagree. Are booster shots unethical? Good for them. Like, that sounds like a fun topic. Now, you have up for debate, most washed. And good for them. You know, Ayan Hirsi Ali there. You can see her debate. Then you see a Dinesh debate. And those are pretty big ones. Monstrous uh, views. Let's see. They have podcasts. You see, agree to disagree. Good. So far, I'm saying, I've got to be honest. you got to give credit where it's due. It's just debates from what I'm seeing so far. More recent debates, student debt, wealth, space, deficits. Then we've got Biden nominees. Get to know the, the Biden administration. Hmm. Uh, this doesn't impress me. I don't mind being a critic when it's deserved. Intelligence Square. So blame Big Pharma for out-of-control healthcare costs. Even if you agree with it, does that sound like fair wait but here maybe it's a debate because it doesn't say debate on it but maybe it is a debate it's let me see does it say it says healthcare costs in the u.s blah 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 for the motion okay to be fair this is a debate so i was wrong they have that's an actual debate i like this I, you got to give them you got to give them like hands off like give them the street cred that they deserve if they're really only hosting debates i've got to say hey this is the only other channel that i know of that only host debates like I, i've got to give them credit like i like that uh, that's something that resonates with me obviously let me look look through here because i'm desperate to find something to throw them under the bus for so <laughs> let me see if i can find I, if, if it really is all debates i would say wow good for them like and you can see like they've had success they've got 181,000 subscribers good for them let's see this one's clearly a debate heritable gene editing is un it's wildly unsafe let's see if this is a debate so you've got Marcy, Darnofsky, <clears throat> and blah, blah, blah. The full use of gene to make better babies debate will release. Oh, okay. So this looks like maybe it's a preview or something of a debate. So, hey, I like got to give him credit. I'm not going to slander him. Like you can't slander him. Like you got to give credit where it's due. Uh, let's see. We've got, I think what, so what they do sometimes, and this is something that I don't, I'm not like super triggered by. So they say like the system is broken. I think that, so this is tomorrow talking. My guess is that tomorrow, like they might give like a video where, um, see, blah, blah, blah. It says, check out the full debate when it premieres Thursday, September 30th. I see. So what this is, is just a clip from a debate. I personally, I don't really, I'm not going to indict them for that. Even if it is just a clip of just one side. 
it's kind of like, well, if you give, uh, I think it would be, you got to be really fair, you got to give it to both sides. And technically that I am kind of wondering if they do that. Because if you do clip only one side, I'm like, that's, that's, uh, that actually does seem a little bit, if you're using it for short form content and you're only, but it, it might be just by random. So like, well, sometimes we, you know, go with a political left person. Sometimes we clip the political right person. I wouldn't blame him for that. Let's see here. Do you like surfing the web like this together? We could uh, we could find it. We can finally put into Google uh, define Cleveland steamer, and we can find out what it means once and for all. Oh, I've got you know. So we've got Bill Nye here. This is pretty sad. Bill Nye uh, clip only has six thousand views. Well, they're all their subscribers are zombies. They're sleeping, and that's one thing. In my opinion, I think that we put on a more engaging and a more lively, stimulating, high energy show. I think that counts for something. But let me pull this up. Because, my dear friends, we are excited about the future. I've got it. This is a pretty good job. I Like I said, I'm a little bit unsure about the clips. That we'd have to check back in on. But, I, oh, that reminds me. I do have to say thank you to all of our members. We have channel memberships. Amazing. If you didn't know that, we are super grateful for our channel members. And so they do mean a lot. We are thankful for their support. And then Felix Rodriguez says, I can't get access to the Discord. Can you appeal that to management for me? I don't seem to be able to do it. Oh, man. Sorry, Felix. Let me... Uh, Please ask Sideshow Nav. I just uh, gave you the info, and Sideshow Nav will give you his info uh, basically on how to figure that out, what the problem is there. Thanks for your kind words, Carissa. I see you there in the old live chat. I appreciate your support. And I've got to tell you, though, you guys, we are excited. Uh, here's something else that we're excited about. The podcast continues to grow, which is super encouraging. I am absolutely pumped. The podcast, we hope, is going to be kind of like a major platform for us in the future, and it is growing fast, which is encouraging. And then, let's see. I'm reading you got your guys' stuff in chat like a pervert. I like like sitting and watching. Let's see. Not like that. You guys are sick. Uh, let's see. Oh, there, is that channel displayed under this video? Or they, is the YouTube recommending um, Intelligence Squared Debates? under our videos I don't know but let's see here thanks for your kind words Seren Alexander says this is a really great channel that means a lot we really do appreciate your support you guys we appreciate all the love we appreciate all your guys' support yeah and we are we're excited to cross swords with mainstream media as we really do feel like they need to be challenged and hey it's going to take time my dear friends as we had said, it took Joe Rogan 13 years. It might take us a while, but we are going to stick with it. Consistency is the key. Believe me, I've had, I've got experience in different domains. I played college football as an example. I've seen what it takes in terms of, you could say, as well as the value of consistency, how much it really has a positive impact. And so that's something for me that I am really excited about is that we really know that with our consistency, we're going to see big results. And thank you to our amazing members, Don Fullman, Ozian Talks, and Scott Mitchell. If you're listening, you guys are amazing. And we thank you for your amazing channel memberships. Your support really does mean a lot. And yeah, we're pumped though, you guys. We really do want to do more in-person debates, stuff like that. And so we're excited about that. But 
want to say thank you guys for your love and support. You guys, it's always fun. I'm excited to see you in the next one. And thanks for your last minute super chat. The happy DA says, Hey James, did you ever eat the, that burger? My uncle made you in Dallas during the debate con conference. And if so, did you enjoy it as well as the Mexican Coke? I did. I appreciated that more than, you know, in fact, what it was, um, Sideshow Nav, I honestly, I couldn't bring the Coke on the, the plane, so Sideshow Nav got to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm so, you have to ask him. I'm so sorry. He's in the live chat right now. I'm so sorry. I, that, I, I saved it, and I brought it with me until I realized, I was like, okay, I've, I, like, I actually I won't be able to bring this on the plane. So I, I actually gave that to Bob, who's in the live chat right now, and who helped put on the conference. So it was a blessing to Bob. I ate the burger and the tacos. They were, like, seriously fantastic. I couldn't eat the orange, uh, the orange like cream or uh, sauce. I is too spicy for me. I'm a softie, but I've got to tell you, we I, I seriously appreciated that so much, Marco. Right, but the happy da. Thank you so much for that burger and the tacos as well. And then thank you too. Uh, like yeah, that's right, Sideshow Nav did get the coke, and so we really do appreciate. It. Like thank you for your support. That seriously meant a lot to me. I was just appreciated so much was that you were looking out for me and that you did that for me because that conference was so intense. So yeah, that burger was fantastic, and that really I, I got to eat that during the conference, and it was it's amazing. And then the tacos were amazing as well. So thank you for that. And then Doc Pleroma Not says, "What's the sitch with the neuroscience progress?" Come on, man. We need more in the community. I don't know what you're talking about. What does sitch mean? What's the, you mean like what's the info? I don't know if that, what's the Cleveland steamer? What does that sitch mean? Uh, but yeah, I can tell you this. I, I do. So my type of psychology isn't neuroscience. If you're referring to like my doctorate that I'm working on right now, it's technical. I, I don't, you probably aren't, but, uh, but it's, it's more like, work psychology like motivating workers and uh preventing burnout things like that rick james says what qualifications does one need debate to debate on this channel so if you email me at modern day debate at gmail.com that's where we have you could say our what's the word i'm looking for that's where we have our uh vetting process like you can learn more about it and that's something that we do take seriously when we want to get high quality debaters on the channel as much as we can. And then in some cases, depending on the topic, there are some risky topics. And by risky, I don't mean controversial. I mean risky as in where it's like, well, we've already done that topic 10,000 times. And so sometimes we say to people, uh, hey, will you, would you be willing to help us get like a, a person to come on and be a part of that debate to change or kind of shake things up? Because, for example, if we do a debate on the resurrection, we've done it 10,000 times, like we've done it many times. It's a great debate, but the, the audience likes novelty. And so for us, if you can get someone big to join in on the debate, that helps shake things up. And people are like, well, James, why don't you do it? Why don't you get the big person? Is it's like, I've got so many requests right now. You, like, I've got to tell you, you guys, is that I've got more people asking me for stuff in terms of especially like, hey, will you host me for this debate? Then I can uh, keep up with. And so that's the only reason why we ask if they can help us by emailing, like, you know, Destiny would be an obvious example. And many people have gotten – so, for example, Cider and Port, the guy who was on tonight, he got Creationist Cat to come on and debate him. Uh, or actually, technically, they were tag team partners. And Creationist Cat has 100,000 subscribers. And it was because it was a topic where I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if we can do that. We might lose subscribers because we do sometimes lose subscribers. 
And so I've got to tell you, uh, if you're willing to help us, that helps us be able to like platform new people. But the happy DA says, yes, Marcos. Sorry, Marco, Marcos instead of Marco. Sorry about that, Marcos. Thank you so much. He says, you remembering is such a joy, and I got you next time, Sideshow Nav, or Sideshow Bob. It was, it was honestly, I, I really appreciated that. Like, hit me in the heart in a good way where I was just like, oh, Marco's like, seriously, thank you. Like, that just meant a lot that you were thinking of me, man, and that support, seriously, especially during the conference. The conference was intense. 14 debates in two days? That's what we did, for real. We had, in some cases, we had two debates going on at the same time, one in one room and one in the other. And Marcos, I know you know all this because you were there. But for those of you who weren't there, it was intense. So I, I just appreciate you, Marcos. Thanks for that help. And uh, Rick James, my pleasure, says thanks, James. My pleasure, absolutely. But yeah, I love you guys. Thank you guys for your support. Whew. Let me just take a sip. I'm, I'm a little parched. Hmm. I like that. Let's see, Doc Pleroma, did you respond? I like hanging out with you guys. You guys make this fun. That's right. That's my sweet green screen. And that is my other blazer. Do you see it there? My finger is pointing to it. That is my navy blazer. And I like wearing that with black sometimes. Tonight, I felt very metrosexual. I wanted to wear this blazer and white tee underneath. But sometimes I do wear that other one. Superdor Energy says that Aisha debate was amazing. That was. That one was like, that one boiled over a little bit to where, oh, man, it was David Wood uh, and uh, Kenny. That was a lively, passionate debate. That one was seriously a blast. But let's see. Superdor Energy says, say water was bussin'. Is that how you say it? Like that, what is it you taught me? Taking grandma to Applebee's and the Tokyo Sandblaster? Such a nasty lady. But yeah, thank you guys for your support. I love you guys. Thanks, Sideshow Nav, for your support. It says, speaking of subscribers, have you hit that subscribe button yet? I highly encourage it. That way you don't miss out on any, any live debates especially. Uh, you can hit that little bell notification, and that helps a lot. And then Rick Jameson says, when is the next debate con? Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. Probably in the fall of 2023. The reason is we were thinking we would maybe do it, and thanks for that super chat support, by the way, Rick James, is we were thinking we might do it earlier. Like we even thought about maybe doing a conference in May, and now we're like, ah, eh, that's just too soon. We've got to spread these out, and we want to do a tour instead this summer. However, we also recognize that fall is a better time to do it. So we did it in January, which meant we were kind of competing with holiday shopping because we were doing a lot of fundraising during December with the crowdfund and stuff like that. And so I would say, you know, we've got to, what's the word I'm looking for? We've got to make sure that we do it at the right time. So Dr. Paroma says, serious question. Have any of these debates moved your personal needle at all on theism? Nah. To be honest, like overall, nah. I would say certain arguments, yes. But the, it like balances out to where there, like, there are some arguments for theism or atheism whatever it might be, where I was like, okay, I thought that was more sound earlier, but now I'm you know, changing my mind on that. But in terms of the big one, you could say it like all equals out. And one thing I, I told SciShow Nav about this the other day, and I think it's true, I would not look at the debates that are, in terms of like you can count, almost like vote counting. Uh, you could say like, well, this is how many debates have been won by Christians or atheists or Muslims, whatever. I wouldn't recommend that because oftentimes like the people might be losing in a debate, because it's just like, well, they have a really low low skill level and they went against somebody who has a medium skill level. And it's like, 
that's not really that informative. It's like it's, it might just be their debate skills that made them lose, for example. I would say one thing to especially pay attention to or weight more heavily are the debates between the best debaters. Because if they're presumably at the same skill level, well, then that's at least held constant. Because there are cases in which you have people who might lose a debate, like I said, where it's like, well, it's not because their arguments were, well, I mean, maybe their arguments were worse, but it's also maybe that their um, debate skills weren't as good. And so you could say it's almost like an experiment. You, you can't necessarily say it's because the arguments of one side are better than another. Is It's kind of like, well, it's also maybe because one person is just better at debating than another. So to hold that constant, you should look at the people that have the top skills, because that's probably going to be where you see the best debates or the best uh, arguments put forth. And you give disproportionate weight to those. In fact, I would say, honestly, like it's kind of like imagine you had two people out there that were just terrible debaters. And one of them was just slightly worse than the other, though. And that's why uh, uh, the, the opposite one won. It's like, well... But the other thing is I'd highly recommend, don't get me wrong, I still learn things from these debates. Debates are good as a start, but I think it is true that the peer-reviewed literature is like the goal that we should try to push ourselves to reading. And if you wanted, I could recommend like the top atheists, at least in the English-speaking world, like the best atheist philosophers, as well as the best Christian ones. And... You know, I don't really know much about Muslim philosophers. I know Shabir Ali is considered like a reputable scholar, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, I want to say I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And uh, I want to say thanks for all of your guys' support. You guys mean a lot. Seriously, you guys make this fun. And thanks, Brooks. I will check that email right now. Thanks for letting me know that. But I want to say I'll see you guys next time. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. Amazing. Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.